New Year, same me. <laughs> what? I don't know why that was funny. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hello, <laughs> all of our lovely listeners, all four of you. Hi. It's me, Lauren. And Sarah. And we're back with another episode of Unpacking. Yes, and today's topic is relationships. Yes, what a topic. I figured we'd start by breaking this down by family. Okay. The relationships we have with our friends and then relationships with a romantic partner um, and all that. So those are kind of like our three categories. Okay. And I wanted to start with family because that's pretty much the first form of connection that we really form as we enter this world um absolutely and first type of relationship that we have so i wanted to talk about the perception of what a family dynamic looks like first uh because i feel like there is one and i'm curious to see if what you think is the perception of what a family dynamic dynamic looks like is the same as what mine is well Honestly, just your traditional nuclear family of mom, dad, two children, one girl and one boy. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like it's kind of interesting because I feel like that was the family dynamic decades ago. And the fact that that's still the perception of what a family looks like, I find that pretty intriguing. I don't know why. Well, because it's so far off. To the point where it's, like, ironic. Every single family that I know is not that. Right. You know? So, maybe it's just the way that I've been raised and the way that I've grown up. I have a very non-traditional family. And my parents uh, are divorced, and they have been since I was about a year old. Um, and in, in high school, a lot of people told me that I came from a broken home. Hmm. Right. Right. So we have we have a whole other label for yeah. a, you know a not traditional situation that has a lot of like negative baggage. You know what I mean? It's very true. You know, it's it's you know it's it's so sad that you came from a broken home. I'm like what? Right. Who? You know I understand that because I also do not have a traditional family dynamic. Um, my parents are not together. And um, I have, there's my mother, and I basically have two fathers. I have my biological father and another Mm -hmm. father who has raised me and been a part of my life. And so to me, I have three parents. That's what I knew growing up. And it was very much a comfortable, loving family dynamic, which when you talk about the immediate, like, outsider coming in and being like, oh, a broken home to like slap that on the situation is so it's just not accurate it's not accurate sometimes it can be but it's actually right interesting to see really how the untraditional family uh is really some of the most loving and can and blossom strongest family right. u- units and dynamics ever because absolutely they've been built you know for all intents and purposes like I came from a very strong 
family. We are very tight-knit. You know, I think the bonds are where you nurture them. And people are very resistant to accept that two people or one person are writing their own story and forming their own path and assigning their own meaning to what family looks like for them. Right. Friendship now. Our friends. Yes, I have a question for you. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what it looks like when you pick somebody to be part of your chosen family or a very close friend? You know, uh, what are some things that you think about when you're fostering those kinds of relationships? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is honesty. Mm. I feel like the friendships that I have in my life that have turned into deeper relationships for me and Mm -hmm. that chosen family, they all have one common factor and it's that both parties, myself and whichever friend it is, are very honest about where we're at as individuals, where we're Mm -hmm. at as friends to each other, and then what that means for our friendship. I've had many sit-down conversations of like, I don't want you to ever feel like you're faking it around me. Or like you have to put on or be on. I think that's the main thing. Be on. Like, I don't want that in my relationships with my friends. And so for basically, Mm -hmm. the friends that I have that are my chosen family – know how to be on and be off with me and Mm -hmm. feel comfortable with either and in that there's honesty and a more genuine appearance and also just way of being um yeah that if that's not there i don't feel safe i don't feel like bringing you into that space just because you're not even confident and clear on being truthful to yourself um So, yeah, yeah, that's usually what it is. Yeah, honesty is super important to me as, you know, who I am in this space and this moment in time in my life. And closely connected with that for me is also loyalty. Mm -hmm. I think think I've learned a series of lessons in loyalty over the past couple years that have been both really fruitful and really painful i've experienced friendships in where our loyalty bond was broken and it left me feeling very betrayed but taught me more about it shit a light on that concept of loyalty and what what it is that i expect in my relationships and my friendships and also realizing that what loyalty looks like for me is not always what loyalty looks like for other people. Right. So re-evaluating the expectations that I am placing on the people in my life and maybe having to take a step back and realize, like, oh, my God, like, this friend of mine, that that's not what loyal looks like to them. Mm-hmm. They didn't even, they weren't even thinking about that. Yeah. And here I am taking it personal. Mm-hmm in my feelings about it and it wasn't even about me so it's like again loyalty very important but also re-evaluating constantly my ego yeah behind you know 
maybe it's not a being loyal to me thing, mm-hmm. but maybe, you know, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And I think right. part of that, I mean, is absolutely looking back at yourself and identifying, okay, where, like calling yourself out basically. Mm-hmm. But the next step is communicating that because even if you check right. yourself, there's still some issue or some misunderstanding. And I think that that's a big thing too. I, I'd say second to honesty and being genuine for me is being able to communicate Right. You know, what exactly is is going on with the friendship and being able to together set those expectations because expectations in general can just be very dangerous and setting them on other people can be dangerous and setting them on ourselves Mm -hmm. can be dangerous. But I feel like when it's a joint effort to define what loyalty looks like for our friendship, Mm -hmm. what, you know, communication looks like for our friendship, what all of these things and qualities that help build a friendship right. look like for specifically our friendship and even more so in that moment in time because right. we've talked about before how things change um, and there are seasons in life that, I mean, what may have worked six years ago won't work now. And so why right. continue to do the same thing that may not work and so to be adaptable to those things but yeah be adaptable and also you know expectations can be dangerous if left uncommunicated like you were saying so I think voicing those expectations is definitely that sweet spot to create a wonderful friendship because nobody knows what we're asking for unless we ask them exactly you know nobody knows what you want unless you tell them Mm mm-hmm so relationships romantic (sighs) lauren sighs softly into the microphone as she stares blankly into the computer screen (laughs) (laughs) i just this one i think has like probably the biggest facade in society like this is the (laughs) biggest illusion nobody told me it was going to be this much work (laughs) you know what we could just leave it at that and we're done with the podcast (laughs) romantic relationships didn't think it would be that hard no but on the real okay so like the reason why we say that i mean think about it you look at romantic relationships on screen, you listen to it about it in songs you've seen in the tv shows books we're constantly vomiting all of our expectations about love Mm -hmm. it's just i mean it seems nice like i think anybody could look at it and be like wow but it's an image it's an image and the reality is very different what does the reality of your relationships look like just in gen- in the grand scheme of things. Okay, so when it comes to relationships, I have a really big backpack because I don't want to say I have baggage because this is all these are all things that I've had to confront, work on and deal with. Um so it's not like baggage that I'm dragging across the floor like no, I've I'm un- it's been unpacked and it has been put back into the backpack because that stuff doesn't leave you. Mm-hmm. So I like to say I have a big backpack. Uh, and it looks like to me having to, again, 
assess myself and ask myself, what is it that Sarah wants and needs and learn how to ask for that and learn how to stop looking around for other people to approve whatever is going on in any of the relationships that I have been in and to tell me, okay, and then that's what's going to make me feel good, Mm. you know, because like I said, I'm very close with my family and there is, there was this little girl inside of me that thought if my family loves the person I'm with as much as I do, then I can be really happy with this person. I needed approval and I needed validation because I didn't know what I wanted mm. from a romantic partner. That's that. That's exactly what it came down to was I didn't know what I wanted. So I knew that if my family liked this person and they checked all of the boxes and that must mean they were that's vetted. What I they were in. Right? Yeah, they were vetted. They were vetted. It, I was expecting my family to do the emotional labor for me in vetting a partner when that is literally the worst thing that I could have done because I ended up in a series of a hodgepodge of really weird relationships uh, that didn't really end up working for me. And it wasn't until a lot later after I had left the house until I started to discover and uncover the exact kind of relationship that I wanted and how I wanted to define boundaries and what I was looking for in a partner and, you know, exploring my, my sexuality. It was a lot. It was a big journey that I had to go on. And part of that was realizing that nobody is going to vet this person but me. Nobody is going to learn to love and get to know this person more than me. Mm-hmm. So why am I expecting other people to do this work for me? For me, I was not dating until I left to go to college. My introduction to the world was very much me feeling like I'm just getting to know people. And I almost treated it like, I don't want to say an, an interview, but... It was just a very surface level exchange. I mean, I I would mm-hmm. meet up and I was actually curious to get to know the person, but I think that I never really pictured in my mind myself in a relationship, mm-hmm. period. There were a few people who triggered that for me where mm-hmm. I could see like maybe, you know, I feel a little more invested in this. Um, but it really wasn't until my junior year that I had met someone that really just put it into perspective for me. And I felt, you know what, this is somebody who I feel. And I, I actually, I don't, I'm not going to even say that I hate saying this, but you know, is on my level. I don't think there's anything Mm -hmm. wrong with saying that. I think that I have worked really hard as an individual to unpack myself and unpack who I am and what I stand for and the way that I, carry myself and the things that I believe in and you know those are very much still in flux I mean they're they're not Mm -hmm. set in stone but I paid attention to that a lot and so I felt like 
when I was interacting with people, um, they just weren't at least as themselves as individuals on the same page. They hadn't done that unpacking. They hadn't done that exploration. And that was something that was important to me. And that was something that I was looking for when it comes to relationship and dating was a partner that felt just as sturdy as I did. And so, you know, I, I would say the latter half of my college experience, I definitely felt like I met people who were reaching those points and mm-hmm. that was great. I never really felt like there needed to be validation from other people, um, mm-hmm. which was nice, but I have definitely struggled with myself validating the relationship. I, w- I have always been afraid to label things as they are. You know, if there was a conversation of what are we? i'd be like who's we (laughs) me breaking it down to the um, to to an atom making it really complicated to define you know i just i was like we're two people that like each other we're exclusive i could always narrow it down to that we were Mm -hmm. exclusively dating but other than that i never felt comfortable putting a label on it i was never like you're my boyfriend i never felt compelled Mm -hmm. to post about them because that's another thing now (laughs) with our society is having to constantly post about our partners and what we do as a couple and all that kind of stuff um which part of me is like yeah like you like or love this person you're you're with them why not share that like you feel like you want to share that yeah um but i just was not feeling that and i was like well is it the person is it me why am i not feeling the same way that i'm seeing on social media and on screen like why do i not feel like i want to like expose everything about the relationship that I'm in. Right. And I learned that my life, like I have chosen a career that is very public. I have always chosen as a person to be pretty public about the things that I do and the way that I am, that this was the one area that was like untouched were my relationships. With that said, you are in a relationship right now. I am single. Can you talk a little bit about what your relationship looks like right now and yeah, how that's going. Yeah, I can. So uh, I've been in a relationship with my partner for a year and a half now. Uh, we've known each other for longer. It just took a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a process for us uh, getting to know each other and then making the decision to get together and it, it was a long process because I was very resistant. Um, it's been quite a learning curve, learning about boundaries, for one, the boundaries that we want to set and, you know, boundaries that we didn't know were there but are there, uh, learning all the different quirks and little details about a person. And it's also the only relationship I've had as an out queer person with uh, Morgan, who is uh, gender non-binary. And so it gets a little bit complicated when you start factoring in uh, like my family and friends, because 
when we first got together, like that was kind of a shift for me, uh, with, with all the aspects of my life, because, uh, I knew that I was queer when I was about 13 or 14 years old. And I did not come out until about 10, almost 10 years later when I was 21 or 22. And so there was like a lot of, again, like a lot of searching, a lot of exploring, trying to, you know, find what it was that was going to make me happy and what it it was that I needed as an individual. And so when Morgan and I first got together, um, I had to, in a sense, reevaluate who I was going to be in the world because up until then, all of my relationships that I, or some of the relationships that I'd had, were completely closeted and I was totally fine being that way. Like I was like, this is fine. Everything's okay. I don't really care whether or not people know. And then I ended up really liking Morgan. And so I was like, well, I'm not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Me, this is fine. Actually, this is not not fine. fine. It is not fine, and I, you know, had to come out to my whole family. Well, not whole family, because there are some people that did not make the short list Mm -hmm. of I'm going to come out to you kind of things, and then I, I actually lost some friends in the process, so it was a huge shift in my life, but one that I think was absolutely necessary because the person that I was inside was finally aligning with the person that people were seeing. And so I was finally able to feel what it feels like to live a completely authentic life and not feel like I have to hide Mm -hmm. or be shameful or apologize or try and conform even so yeah big backpack that I have right and that that is definitely part of it got it okay as as the resident single person right now I feel like I have a much clearer idea of what it is that I'm looking for and I feel a lot more comfortable with the idea of being committed to someone and Mm-hmm. what that looks like you know because I was just so terrified of of the <laughs> whole thing I never realized it's scary it's super scary and I didn't I didn't think that I would be scared of it until I started dating the people that I did in college and mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're listening I'm so sorry <laughs> but you did play a role in you know getting me to a point where I felt safe and comfortable mm-hmm. um which says something so there's that Um, and so now that I feel like I understand what safe and comfortable feels like, I'm ready for all the other areas to connect in the way that I think that they should and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also very much aware of the reality. Like we started this 
episode off like it's hard and you know <laughs> I'm aware I'm conscious of that I'm not trying to do your emotional work Amen. I already Amen. have to do my own <laughs> I expect you to do yours in the moment of us speaking I feel super not great <laughs> about the odds of finding this um, in this moment but I am very much aware and conscious that I am 22 years old and mm-hmm. this is really not as pressing as it feels at times. Right. I think one thing that really separated from Morgan from the rest of the people that I've dated was the fact that Morgan was always trying to learn about how I saw the world and really cared about how I saw the world so that they could then get to know me through the way that I see the world. And that's something that I'm super grateful to them as a partner because I've never had somebody want to get to know me that way before. I think that's at its core, everybody wants to feel understood. Everybody wants to feel understood. Everybody wants to belong. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to feel like all this bullshit that's going on in my head, like I'm not crazy and somebody actually wants to hear it. Truth. Oh my God. (laughs) You know what? I think we could just end it on that. If you don't have questions. Yeah, I think we're good. We can end it here. Because I mean, damn. Damn. I didn't even know I was going to say that. (laughs) 